about to be a completely unreliable asshole. Step into a Slim Tim. Good morning. Hello. Am, am I very uh, lit with red, scary light? Yeah, the lights oh, are off. Good. It's more orange, purple. Damn it. What are you doing? Why are the lights off? Why are you lit funny? What's going on? I'm just trying to set the mood. <laughs> set the mood for our discussion. <laughs> for our discussion today, for episode 30. No, 30. Seven. Mm. Gotta write it down here. 37 of Dismembering Horror. Wow. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to episode 37 of Dismembering Horror, the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslan, we sit and talk and break down what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything interesting or noteworthy in a horror film that we've been wanting to see or ideally you wanted us to talk about. Yes, right, Tim? What are you doing? I'm just thinking, God, we've done 37 of these? We're doing 30. We, we, <laughs> oh, well, I guess, yeah, we've done 36. <laughs> we got to make it to the end here. Crazy. Who would have thunk? I don't know. Well, I guess we did. I mean... Just time flies, right? When you're having fun watching <laughs> horror movies. Yep. Uh, good as, good as, for us. As, as uh, I'm not able yet to follow up on what I thought of the last two Paranormal Activity films from last week. I still have to watch them, but <laughs> I haven't oh, forgotten. Man. Well, just haven't been watching. You got to get into. I it. haven't been watching so much. You've. I feel like you're implying that you've had other things to do <laughs> which i do not believe you mean besides how watching paranormal activity how dare you was it five and six <laughs> <laughs> it's the ones that have like extra names on them yeah you know because they're so far into it they have to start well i like for the, the series i mean the series that we're watching uh or we just watched the first film in a series which oh, you mean keeps this the week. titles. Uh oh. Which keeps the titles simpler. It's yeah. wrong turn one, wrong turn two, wrong turn three. What a discovery to find out that there are like seven of them. I think there might be eight. Too. Oh my God. I'm hoping there are eight. <laughs> so yeah, this was actually originally this film, like Wrong Turn was kind of a um a favorite of mine, like when it came out in high school, like me and my friends. Oh my God. And so I thought I'd always wanted, you know, being curious what wrong turn two was. So I wanted to use the show as an excuse to watch it. And then I think you saw that or no, it was my, it was my friend who was kind of like, no, I'd rather, you know, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, have yeah. you guys talk about the less obscure ones. It's kind of like, that's, you know, the, the only kind of the right. limited audience feedback we've gotten. Um, so I'm like, okay, let's, when we pull wrong turn two, let's just pretend like the two isn't there. Sure. But now it's like, okay, from now on that stays in there. And next, <laughs> now it just goes back Ugh. in the hat as wrong turn, wrong turn two. But then if we pull it, it turns into wrong turn three. Yep. Oh God. And so on and yeah. so forth. Cause I'm kind of obsessed with watching through. Just like this movie. Yeah. We're just setting up so many wrong turns. <laughs> so many of them. <laughs> so what was the first wrong turn in our wrong turn of wrong turn? Uh, oh, God. Thinking that anybody but Elijah Dushku was worth watching in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeremy Sisto. I'm a fan yeah, of his. All right. He's all right. 
I don't know. He's good. Um, well, should we get into uh, get into more of it? Are we writing? What What do we do now? Rate or sum- summarize? Well, we start with the trailer, then we go. All oh, right, yeah. Let's watch the trailer. All right, cool. The, okay, I bet well, it's if, so good. <laughs> you hadn't guessed already. <laughs> uh, this week's film is Wrong Turn. Hello, we're lost. We're looking for a phone. Baby, seriously, this isn't funny. Oh, boy. That trailer has five million views. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, Ryan. That trailer was kind of especially bad, or was it just me? I think it's the movie. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. (laughs) But, like... There's so much going on in this era yeah. that I think is worth, you know, picking at well, a little bit. Well, there was hardly um, any dialogue in the trailer, which, what, <laughs> what does true. that speak to? Yeah. Well, ooh, yeah. No kidding. Okay. Um, the no summary. Kidding. Do you want to do the summary? Should we do the summary? I have a summary. You have one? Yeah. Okay, go for it. But I think that I'm going to want your, um, your okay, addition I've got, to it. I've got, I've got a summary. Ready? Cap Captain, I only have one face. He has to take a detour, and he crashes into Elijah Dushku's face, and then the ugly faces of inbred people attack them. The end. Great. Mine is three mute brothers are listening to their Victrola and enjoying their lunch when four <laughs> entitled out of towners break into their family cabin homestead, steal their truck. And after a deadly day-long cat-and-mouse chase, return to the home and blow it up with the brothers inside. <laughs> so it's, Or they uh, get blown up inside. Yeah, yeah, it's a home invasion. The subject, the subject uh, reversed in that, I apologize. It's such a home invasion movie and, you know, the victim. <laughs> it's not a victimless crime, let's let's just say. Just a bunch of mute people it's a bunch of, trying it's to a listen bunch to their music. Rich, rich pretentious douchey kids douchey kids just shaming people for not looking good like they do this is this movie's all about shaming uh people who live in the woods yeah and so (laughs) how dare they can you uh i'm I'm trying to elaborate (laughs) though if we want to put it from the um perspective of the out-of-towners now how does that movie look like (sighs) Um, I guess it, uh, you know, these people all get, they they take a wrong turn. Yep. Proverbial wrong turn. Well, first, who takes a wrong turn, there's a, uh, there's some carabiners who take a first wrong turn. That's an unseen (laughs) off-screen wrong turn. That's right. Yeah. The rock climbers. Yeah. Um, So they die. What do you think this, what do you think this movie is really about? Is it about... Society. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think we'll get there in the end, Tim. <laughs> okay, good. But I'm glad you posed that as a jumping off point. Yeah. Um, okay. Long turn is really about society. <laughs> it just, it's, um, it's, it's a story about people getting into a little bit of trouble with the wrong crowd. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's and a high, you know, it's like a standard. As far as the plotting, though, it's, you know, not actually a lot happens because basically Nothing it's happens. like, dude <laughs> takes a wrong turn, meets other people who took a wrong turn and they're because and they're all stopped because of these hillbillies. Oh, the, yeah. The flat tire thing. Who right. Gave the, them flat tires. Yeah. The barbed wire. They go to the hillbillies house. The hillbillies find them. There's a fracas. They escape. They run around. Well, they then, realize that the hillbillies are the ones who are causing the flat tires and are like, they find all the, oh yeah, you know, body parts and such in the fridge. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much, I mean, that's our like, <laughs> I mean, not that we didn't know where it was going, but that's the sort of turn yeah. of like, okay, now they're in trouble. Still not a lot though. Cause it's like, they go but after to, that. Yeah. It's I'm just to, to like, come get us. They go. To the, they go to the car graveyard. Right. And then from there, they drive away and, and get stopped by a log. Right. <laughs> they're, they're in a tow truck yeah. and they can't sort it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then from there, they go woods. up a tree, the woods. Yeah, up into the tower. They go up into a tower and then, and then they're in the trees. Go into a cave, get a good night's sleep. The two surviving ones. Oh, wait. Do they do that after the trees? Yeah. Or before the trees? Because what's-her-face dies. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you've got... Once it's down to two? You've no, got once it's down house, to three. car, graveyard, woods, uh, tower, you know it's, it's... trees, <laughs> waterfall. Yeah. And then what's the end? Oh, back to the house. Yeah. After road. <laughs> yeah briefly on the road anyway that's enough Very of that briefly. how do we rate it oh man i'm a void i'm an avoid i'm sorry i just it sucks <laughs> i just can't i i felt like i was watching i mean if you're oh i don't know if you're well, maybe not <laughs> it's i don't want to watch it <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was so mad because when you pulled it, for some reason, I thought that I, in my brain, I thought of the movie Joyride with Steve Zahn <laughs> and Paul Walker and, um, and, oh, fuck, the girl's name is, um, Lily Sobieski. Sob and I got so excited to watch that movie. <laughs> it's, it's not fair and or then, wrong turn, though. And then this turned on and I was like, oh, shit. That's this movie. I saw this once and never again. <gasps> so I think even I told when, myself never again. When it was Wrong Turn 2, you thought we were watching Joyride 2? Yes! <laughs> this whole time. I seriously did. Oh, my God. Well, I knew what we were getting into. Shit. So, uh, God, can I, can I justify a stream here? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. I'll be a stream. I'm a very weak stream. I mean, where else 
I mean, to get into what I thought of it, where else can you get this exact film of crazed uh, hillbillies without the ability to speak except for their hillbilly yells killing people? Um, the hills have eyes. <laughs> yes. But in a... Um, in a 2000... What was this? Three. Three context? With Eliza Dushku. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you got All me. those elements. <laughs> um, I... So, this is what we tell ourselves now, because I, I had to sort this out and to clarify, because... Technically, I did own this film up till about two weeks ago when what? I got rid of all my DVDs. This was How my DVD you? collection. Why? What? What possessed you to get rid of a DVD collection? Um, space you... not watching them anymore at all. Yeah. But did you save them digitally in any way? No, wow. because I wouldn't. If I watched it again, I would want to watch it in HD. Yeah. Oh well. Okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Sort of like when I just turned on War of the Worlds and was like, holy shit, why does this look so bad? Right. I'm like, well, it's a DVD. <laughs> yeah, you're missing out it's on the special shocking. features and there's something fun to DVDs, but that um, trade-off wasn't worth the space. And it kind of stunk because like, here, here's a your PSA for the day, folks. Um, 90, I, I went with, I had so many DVDs and I was expecting to get at least something back from Amoeba for them. But 90% of them, they couldn't, like pay for because I had transferred them to a, um, a a slip sleeve like a giant binder thing and when it's in there like something about the ring like the, the oh. edge of the DVD ring like just when it's Decay, in there like, something gets stuck on there or messes it up in a little way oh man so like yeah 90% of my DVDs they weren't able to give me anything for I was pretty well that's crazy bummed about that wow. so yeah keep them in the cases if you're actually looking to you know want to keep them in good condition damn good to know like i i just don't i i was so excited when i, I was like oh i'm just gonna finally just them. transfer them all when i'm moving to this anyways that's your psa for the day so oh yeah so sorry <laughs> my rating um so even though you know it's like well do i say own it or buy it because i did buy it no right now in my life i have to demote it one level to rent it I can't believe you. Because I still <laughs> love things about this stupid, stupid, stupid movie. Oh, well, at least you acknowledge that. <laughs> I love things about this brilliant film that's a commentary <laughs> on society just in general. <laughs> you know, as I'm, you said. I'm going to I'm going to toot my own horn here for like one second. I realize who Elijah Dushku reminds me of a little bit. She looks kind of like a girl I dated very briefly. Yay. Well, good for you and your horn. Yep. <laughs> that girl that girl ended up using me to get back with her ex-boyfriend. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Well, bye. You had that. Yep. So should we get into what worked? Yeah. What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? <laughs> I think you should keep in the final product of this episode, my commentary on a girl I dated once for 10 days. Sure. All right. Per request. There it is, Tim. So as I just said, I actually love 
things about this stupid, stupid, stupid movie. I don't. And I, you're going to have to. I, I get it, but I don't get it. So you better explain. So I don't know if I can pitch it effectively because <laughs> I, I admittedly, it's wrapped up quite heavily in nostalgia for me. Mm-hmm. Like this out of going to see sort of like actually so many stupid horror movies of the aughts during high school, the early mid aughts. Like, you know, Tooth or Darkness Falls and just all these other, you know, things that were just like fear.com.com. All of a sudden. Joyride, Jeepers Creepers. Like that was all that same era, right? Yeah. So good ones. But another one that we went and saw just because oh, the premise. crazy. The Jeepers Creepers isn't good. And uh, Wrong Turn, we went and saw. And you know what? There's just something about it. It was just the, the premise <laughs> itself. Eliza Dushku, Jeremy Sisto. The premise. <laughs> yeah, the premise itself. Just so. So, what I actually love about this movie, like, <laughs> just to sort of get into it. Anytime the hillbillies are doing anything or making any kind of sound, <laughs> like they, they're, they have their just doing things default sounds. <laughs> and then when they're talking to each other, boke. <laughs> Yeah. You know? I don't even get what, like, who came up with that even as an idea? That's what's so good about it. I don't get it. And then when they, <laughs> and like, admits that, they also have their war howls when it's oh, like. Oh, yeah. Remind <laughs> me of Swamp. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't, I don't even understand, like, what to take away from that. Like, where, what? What's the logic of them being the way they are? So because um, they're like kind of, they're really more like in my mind, they're more like cavemen. <laughs> well, it's the sort of it's it's their take. Like in the trailer, you folks weren't able to read it, but in the trailer, there are all these um, texts coming up saying like trying to set up this film as if I guess it is a legend of sorts where there's people who are multi, 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 multi generations of inbreds, and what does that look like? You know what happens to someone when that happens? What do they look yeah, like? So this is the this is these filmmakers' response to that. What if? Hmm. Um, but to bring up, which I was gonna try to try to save for the things of note, but I have access. I have the script downloaded of this. this oh my play. god! Oh, <laughs> and, um, oh man! I would love to read this. Right, and a little insight into you were asking like, who, you know, where they came up with like them talking and what they're like cavemen. So on page seventy four, it reads, <laughs> "A guttural hillbilly cry rises from somewhere below, a cross between a laugh and a dare." So I am I am <laughs> utterly speechless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Alan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> we need to talk. Hey, he's from Cleveland. Alan B. McElroy. McElroy. So I mean and and th- so those are the generics I love just about the hillbillies and their sounds and their their their, their doings. But uh, like specifically the skinny hillbilly one. <laughs> Doobie. Doobie doo. Um, does, does, did you look up? Does he have a real like? He must have a name, right? He, there's a sawtooth. Oh, he's three finger. Okay. There's three finger sawtooth oh, yeah, and one right. eye. Are the three <laughs> oh, yeah. hillbillies? Julian Richings is his name. So I kind of <laughs> love the whole three finger. I kind of love the whole tree sequence from when they jump out and we were just like, what the hell? They're like jumping out of this tree and just land. I'm like, yeah, Tim, the branches are breaking their fall. You're like, no. Oh, it hurts me so much. 
I can't. I mean, I'm just gonna have to not say anything until we get to things that didn't work. But it's just like, <laughs> but it's just you have this guy. We'll call him Mr. Serious, who's making the same face the whole movie. <laughs> It starts with like Mr. Desmond Harrington is his name. Mr. Serious. He's our guy from Ghost Ship. Yeah, the guy from Ghost Ship who's Mr. Serious then too. Um, (laughs) Mr. Serious jumps out of this tower down on the three. He's like, here we go. Just just that face, just with the same expression jumping off. There's something just so hilarious. Yeah, that one. That one. Um, something so hilarious to me and satisfying about just it's the same face dude jumping out of a jumping out onto a trees. And then we have Eliza, Eliza Dushku doing it too, which is great. Well, and, and what's the third girl? The third. Yeah. And the her too. McCryerson. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's something about the way that they jump too. Yeah. That is just, <laughs> it's so hilarious. It's Yes. Because, I mean, you know what it is? It's it, like if you just step back for a second, you realize that they're three feet off the ground in reality. Mm-hmm. And the camera is on, on – well, so they're on, they're five feet off the ground. There's a two-foot, like, mattress pad under the camera, <laughs> which is on the ground, right? Like, <laughs> And they're jumping onto this mat. And they do it in such a way that really just looks so unnatural. <laughs> right. Right. They're, it, it, they know, I don't know how to even explain it. This is like if you jumped onto your bed. But it's like you have the shots of these stunt people just like hurtling down through these branches, though. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. They're flinging around and like miraculously <gasps> catching themselves by one hand. But on it's the, like it's hilarious. You, it shows it happened. They don't right. skirt around. How do they actually grab onto the branches? They show them land on the thicker yeah. branches. I think oh it's my great. God. You know what? It, speaking of branches, there's a hilariously fucking good shot. And I'm, I mean, good in, you know whatever not really good but hilariously funny shot of when they're in the truck driving down the road and clearly they're not really moving oh yeah and somebody is just off camera with like some a pine tree branch (laughs) hitting the side of the car to make it look like they're going through the the that's what i kind of that's what i kind of love about this movie as a whole it's got this low techness still that like this was sort of a last hurrah of like but don't you feel like it's kind of it's such a weird mix well yeah because the filmmakers are kind of I mean, excuse me, but they're kind of like terrible. But at the same time, <laughs> here, here's what it is that's so fascinating. What I what I like about it is like they I, I keep thinking, God, why do they do this? Why do this? But then I remember. So they're working with these kind of incredible constraints where what I respect and like about it is they actually still went out to this forest and like on trees and stuff like that to shoot this movie. So norm- so you want to think, though, like, OK, yeah, but. When it's a filmmaker who, you know, someone we become an actual fan of, you see them working with those constraints and being really creative and it sort of being a a mode of inspiration with those constraints. Mm -hmm. Yet here it's like they they just evolve into whatever the most generic thing is, which is this sounds like things that didn't work. And I'll probably say that again there. But what I'm trying to bring it back to is there's this sort of like endearing fascination on my part of like of like seeing their take on, okay, so in the script here, we got this scene where these people have to fight off hillbillies like a hundred feet above ground in these trees. And then I can just imagine (laughs) them all like, they they figured it out. And in doing so, I think they did 
they achieved just in their sheer just how do we get it done ness a <laughs> just what i you know like like this is the, the another film school term film geek term pure cinema tim seven <laughs> seconds of pure cinema where just movies don't get any better than the seven second sequence of the skinny hillbilly in the tree who's <laughs> about to get hit and he's making faces at at them you know is going yeah like that guy's performance is bringing it all together it's just like movies aren't any better than that hillbilly making that sound you mean you know? three fingers yeah three fingers sorry <laughs> <laughs> and then don't malign hillbillies. They have names too. Right. Uh, three finger. He's making the noises, faces. And then like when he when he gets hit by the tree branch that they're holding back, it's like they get the shot of him falling backwards and screaming. And it's just more of just just pure cinema, Tim. It's just incredible. Like I I'm not, I, I'm, I'm I'm honestly thrilled at how much you like this. It's a that scene. <laughs> I just it's really hard for me to find things that like actually worked, but there are shots that the best way I can describe it, well, there's two ways to describe it. You've seen this style of shot before in 70s like slasher slash um What's the 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 something at at um, Black Rock or the oh damn I I can't remember what it is but it's got sort of a it's it's a lot of long shots um, and you can see the film grain and there's sort of atmosphere yeah when it's like super telephoto yeah exactly and they use that like two or three times just in single shots, right? And then they cut back to the rest, the way the rest of the movie is filmed, which is quite clean. Um, but those shots, I'm like, I like those. They, they have a, a very specific feel those to them. Those actually feel like deliverance. That's right. And I'm like, fuck, I want, I wish this whole movie was that. <laughs> like if it had all had that kind of style, I think it would have benefited the movie. Um, it's, you, you yeah. may disagree because but... I would prefer see that for me is like the Hills Have Eyes remake and the original Hill Have Eyes. They're 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 well done enough that like you want to take them seriously and that you get involved. But for like the kind of performances that these hillbillies give, as well as the main as well as the main characters, mm. there's an appeal to it that you think wouldn't be, too be serious. Yeah, it would. Or if yeah. with better filmmaking, it wouldn't. <laughs> serve it wouldn't best bring out i think what is working about yeah, these i guess i guess i guess so weird <laughs> wow like like you know it does it's it's i love the, it is stupid but i love the kind of stupid it is like it elicits when we're watching it we're just constantly going like what huh well, why are they doing that no kidding you know it's so dumb but it's what i love about that is it's has its consistent level of its own inner logic that to me is just so kind of, it's kind of fun to like tune into and observe and be fascinated by and just kind of like, yeah, you, you, it's, it's your own like form of improvisation. You can't predict what's going to happen next because like <laughs> the song is something you just don't understand is so foreign to you. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. It's tough. Even like you were saying, Jeremy Sisto, like you like Jeremy Sisto, you you like Eliza Dushku. I there. 
Sisto has virtually nothing to do in this movie. Well, it's like and they, that bums me they out. They gave him he that one good. kind of like when just, he's walking just, along just the trail. Just ramble about what was he rambling about? <laughs> the wedding and like get eloping and oh, all that no, shit. Oh no, he was right? he was rambling about yeah their choice of their cover band and how you'd want to have <laughs> how you wouldn't want to have a James Brown cover band, but you would want to have a right, Frank Sinatra cover Brown band. Shit, yeah. And he just went on this rant about it. And it's like, just let Jeremy Sisto be Jeremy Sisto. Go. And um, it's like, you can tell like what he's doing. It's, it's, it's that same thing where it's like, it's great, but it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So actual things that I like in this movie. I like Jeremy Sisto. I like the deaths. Yes. So. Especially the last three were my favorite. So let's see if we can get through them because there's only like seven people. Well, the in ones that movie. open the movie that's off screen oh, of right. the, the body, like the dripping blood onto the girl. Yeah, I actually think it's really funny when she's looking up. He's he's obviously been like grabbed. You hear the noise off screen of him being grabbed and going. Yeah. And uh, and then when she's looking up and she's like, come on, like, help, like, pull me up or whatever. And his body sort of flops over the edge <laughs> yeah. and she <laughs> just looks great. And it's exactly what it should be. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. I like him getting tossed down. Um, and the then cliff. however she dies and then Her, she gets she cuts herself loose, which is crazy. Yeah. But OK, I get it because she doesn't want to get pulled up to where he yeah. got killed. Um. Uh, and then how did the let's see the so other couple? Then the other couple, we don't see the dude with the fucking the dumbest glasses of all time. Right? They're like clear, whatever. They're just hilarious <laughs> glasses. I couldn't get over sunglasses, them. right? Um, I guess, but they're like clear anyway. But <laughs> whatever. So we don't see him die. So I have, we see we, his ear. Yeah, he got his ear cut off, but we have no idea how he died. He just gets taken. Um, the girl gets the razor blade wire through the mouth. Yep. That one's pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, and also, subsequently, her getting chopped up is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, who's so next? next? That's Jeremy Sisto's next, right? He gets the arrows through the chest. Oh, right, right, right. He was next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then we're like, I loved that one because it's I like, like that. that one actually was really effective because no, you're, so, you're getting that like, oh, shit. Right. He, he I just want away. I just want to emphasize we'll continue with the deaths here that on top of everything I just was trying to say about what I loved this film. It was just the deaths, too, that captured yeah. me, us back then and still get me now, especially these last three. So the Jeremy Sisto one. And they do a double gets, foreshadow with the arrows. Right. So. He gets shot three times in the back, too. Yeah, the first... So, Elijah Dushku, in the house, takes very clear note of the quill of arrows on yeah. the wall. And then, when they're being chased, we see one of the hillbillies has those arrows. And, and I love and how you there's... you know it's coming back a around. A super good shot, too. Because what else are they doing out there? Well, they're no just... shit, right? They're, they better be good at what they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I really like him... I like how it's filmed, too, because... I think a lot of the time you would get a shot of the arrow going in or at least the arrow like flying through the air or like being let loose from the from the no, bow. They actually and play. The, well, they play the moment as sort of intended well of where it's like we can't see the arrows hitting yeah. him. So they're he like, why stopped. are you stopped? What yeah. are you doing? What's wrong with you? And we know like, right, like we I think we're all smart enough no, that's to know. The, and that's the fun of it. But that's... I really do. I think it's really effective. They don't have it like come through his chest first. Yeah, it's the last one. Yeah. Ugh. I, I quite like that death. And the effects look good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Stan Winston. Fuck yeah. yeah. So um, 
Then we have, I guess the next one is, is the axe the in the axe, tree. Yeah. Which is like, I think a classic, like it's just up there in horror movie deaths, to be honest. It is, I mean, it's it such is a specific situation. So early aughts. <laughs> yeah. They fucking, I think we've said this before, but God, did they love like slicing things. You yeah. know what I mean? Like digitally or not just having an ax or a sword or whatever, like cut somebody's head in half or body in half well, or whatever. It was so great. Cause it's like you have, I feel like it's been done since or been done before where you have the, um, half decapitation against a wall. So it's like, you know, right, the right. bottom part falls and the other, the top part's still there. So this was that in itself done so well in the tree, but then had the added bonus because it was high up in a tree you got the body fall down yeah. separate just to have that extra oh <laughs> yep um and then and then we the hillbillies deaths which are none of them die not Tim. really deaths no, so none of yeah. them die so the next one is um oh the cop yeah the which oh my god so this is i have this down because you have to imagine <laughs> tim seeing this in a pre jeremy solner surprise kill era do you know what I mean by that? The no. filmmaker who did like Blue Ruin and Green Room. Oh, yeah. Like, I love he's him. Ta- like a thing with him is yeah. that he knows exactly when it's unexpected to do those kills. Yeah. This was a sort of uh, early incarnation of a kind of successful moment in that right. thing of like a cop. It's still back when it's like, oh, the cop's supposed to save us days. And it. <laughs> yeah. I would love to go back just film history wise because that trope of the cop showing up and, and like the savior sort yeah. of like p- possible savior showing up and then like getting killed is such a pervasive trope. Right. But, not, but like he when usually did it get start happening? At this point when it came out, he usually wouldn't have gotten killed quite so soon. That was yeah, so okay. effective about it. Yeah, I could it. see that. And so I just remember and back then and still now when he gets hit and it's right in the eye, you just yep. go, oh, it's like <laughs> it's so cool. The kills are in this movie are so good. Yeah. I think that, like we said, the, is a testament to it seems, you know, what that seems to me a little bit because Stan Winston produced this as well. It feels to me like they sort of said, hey. Does anybody have a script laying around that we can just fucking have our way with where we can just play around and try a bunch of fun things? Yeah. And this script kind of allows that because it's pretty bare. You know, there's not a whole I mean, it's I I would almost wonder you. Well, you did you read the script like you? You read it top to bottom. So in the script, does it does it specify the locations? Like, is it really? laid out of like the progression of where they go or yeah, was that it's, added it's actually different um okay so in, they in one instance like they you could tell they were working with what they've got yeah in reality oh okay so they you know they had leeway and you know they, they i think they took a script where they could be like "Ooh, cool like what can we do with this wood scene oh let's put them up in the trees or whatever you know i mean what that's I mean? all in there yeah yeah so but it's it's enticing, I think, from a special effects point of view to be like, ooh, cool, how how are we going to do this? And like these set pieces allow us to kind of play around and mm-hmm. do some fun shit. And like just design wise, like how do we design scary hillbillies is like a, you know, it's a practice in just experimentation <laughs> with how do we make this look cool and and these kills, right? So everything is sort of, I think it seems like it's through the lens of like, a, you know, a Stan Winston being like, let's just fucking have some fun, dude. Yeah. This is what we do. Like, we're good at it. Let's just 
fuck the story. Who gives a shit? Let's just make mm. a fun, crazy special effects, you know, mostly practical effect yeah. movie. Right. I mean, and because like, how much CGI do you think there's there no is even necessary this? like f the story because I well there I, is I think story. it's exactly yeah it's exactly what, what it mean. should be. There's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, you... it's it's a non-issue. They're yeah. just like yeah, we can do whatever we want. I wouldn't want this film because to be. of the script. I wouldn't want this film to be anything more. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think all those things kind of from that perspective are great. I mean, I already said this, but just to say again, like, just, I think uh, how Mr. Sirius jumping out of the, uh, <laughs> jumping out onto the trees. I just love, I mean, I, I didn't phrase it this way earlier. That's why I wanted to say it again. Just how ridiculous is it when he's lit, how, how he's literally making the same face the whole film. I love that. That worked for it, me. How ridiculous that is. You know, I think we're looking at it the wrong way. I think we're looking at it like he's incapable of emoting or like being what we would consider, you know, having, um, you know, variation in his <laughs> in his persona and acting like what he's giving out there. But I would argue that it's a testament to how dedicated <laughs> he is as an actor yep. to maintaining one face. <laughs> In all circumstances. Well, it's certainly a performance <laughs> choice that he did for another film. <laughs> he was good in Dexter. So does he make more than that face? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for him because as somebody, as we've talked about, again, who who really values their hair and, and the, the sadness of its inevitable loss. <laughs> This dude went bald early and you can tell that he's in that like phase in this movie in particular where they're really trying like the hair people are trying yeah, well, so hard to it cover it up. Give him some character if I he know. was losing his hair. He'd, he'd show some faces. Yeah. Well, eventually on Dexter, I think they he's just got a shaved head and he looks fucking fine. Yeah. It's like, damn. Anyway, but I like Desmond. I feel kind of no, I like, do too. I don't, I'm I don't sorry. Feel, We're I don't want to shit on him, but I, on you, Desmond. I think he's an interesting dude. But I think it, 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 it he's it, no, there's something strangely like engrossing about just that he has, I mean, about him, despite his same face, you yeah. know, like you, because he's it, what it is, is with that face, it's like addictingly, utterly steadfast in whatever <laughs> yeah. is going on. Like there's it's almost refreshing to have someone who doesn't have to, like, think anything through at any point. <laughs> At all ever, you're. We're just on this Mr. Serious's ride here, you know. Serious, he's got a name too. His name's Chris Flynn, and your favorite part of the whole movie, <laughs> right? You mentioned before we even started it. What was it, Tim? It was that when he's introduced, he's like, "Hi, I'm Chris Flynn," and and Elijah Dushku is like, "Well, hello, Chris Flynn." He like repeats <laughs> yeah. his full name back to him. Always stuck with me. <laughs> it was in the script. Oh man! So I love that there was uh, the gas station attendant who comes back at the end, right? Is is drinking the Pepto business? You know that guy's probably still there and is like, "Yeah, I did a movie." (laughs) (laughs) I loved him, and I just love the fact that uh, he was in this film. He's uh, he's a Wayne Robson. A okay. Canadian television stage voice and film actor. Oh, so he, maybe he's more of an actor than... Uh... He's Canadian, though. Okay. Well, oh, this film was shot in Canada, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, takes place in West Virginia. Shot in Canada. Is there anything else? I'm pretty good. You know what? Oh, oh, oh! I here's the one. The one moment that I really like, really like, is the is the we're in the cabin or the house or whatever, and they have to hide. Oh yeah! And they get under the bed, and there's a whole couple sequences of things that like they might get found out. Like the blood (laughs) is dripping toward the dropping of the body right in front of them. Great. You know, <laughs> then the blood dripping towards them, which I sort of thought to myself, you don't need to get out of the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's sort of this sense of like, oh, if the blood touches no, you, th- it's that a problem. Wasn't but- a, that wasn't a, I, the blood one wasn't so much threatening, risking getting caught. It, it was just, oh, I don't want it to touch me. Ew, blood. Right. My friend's blood. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the shell casing dropping. And that was the so good. I was cracking I up that. during that. It's, it's so where, funny. Yeah, it's where one of the one of the hillbillies drops a shotgun shell yeah. right next to them hiding under and the bed. And he has to kind of move yeah. just a little bit to not get touched. And of course, he like is just hitting it all around <laughs> and can't find it. Oh, man. Yeah, so I, I, I like that. That's How fun. much they played it up. I just, yeah, yeah I love that. And Desmond having to grab the the squeaky uh, spring of the door. Yeah. Like, it, it. that's a great gag. It didn't quite logically well, make why, sense. Was be, it so but, intense it would make him bleed? Yeah, like that, that part I didn't get. But I love the... Because we all know the sound that that door makes. Yeah. That's a fucking great little set piece. Because right. you're, you know... You, Actually, you know what? You remind me of another thing in the sequence when they when he is everyone's gone through the door and he's the last one to go in through the door Mr. Sirius speak now forever hold my peace Ryan I can now say something I I just loved was then when it cuts to the hillbilly Like he's looking at him like he's yeah. just woken up and it's before and he hasn't moved. Yeah, it's before he's he has no expression. It's not like he's like, <laughs> you know, he's no, just literally just woken up and it's just his just eyes. eyes it must be uh, it one, one eye? eye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one eye's looking at him with his one eye and we oh, just go. Ah! It's so good. And then off they go in their truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And Doobie, the three fingers so fast, he chases after that truck and stays with them for a quite a while yeah um i think i think that's it for me pretty much yeah yeah all right let's do what did not work it's not ready yet seems to work okay no something important's missing what did not work <laughs> so as much as as you or anybody or myself is endeared to Elijah Dushku. <laughs> she sucks in the first like 20 minutes of this movie. Like there is so much acting going on. I'd forgotten like that I don't know, there's something about her her well, hey, her, her thing. Like the thing that she's doing is a thing. Yep. And it actually made me kind of go, "Oh no, 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 stop doing that because well, I like you." In the script it's just a overt tough girl and that's what she's... yeah she's playing tough girl and yeah. i wish she wasn't because i think she just naturally as a, like just let her be herself right. that would come out well, that's part of is, who she yeah, is she's so she didn't need to put anything on it and it kind of bummed me out eventually she a person it, it, is really likable um and it's funny that i think what is probably just that she was she was mrs serious in a way you know <laughs> miss yeah. serious like yeah. she 
kind of also made the same expression. <laughs> well, Both of them me... were so serious together, except she made jokes. Right. But still right. with a serious face. Yeah. And then she has the one scene where she uh, like offers up what she's doing there and her boyfriend right, broke right, up with right. her. Da, da, da. Oh, poor her. So some emotion there. She, Elijah Dushku should not, you know, we, I, I have a hard time feeling sympathy for her getting broken up with. You mean the character? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got broken up with and to point of fact, she, another dude literally crashes into her. <laughs> she the, can't, she can't escape dudes wanting to date her. Her monologue, uh, <laughs> about like getting broken up with was way longer in the script. What? <laughs> I bet it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. So some of the acting stuff, I think it's actually a little bit more of writing and kind of how they were told to. Yeah. Cause to like, be. again, like I could say it's Jer- on the nose, that scene with Jeremy Sisto, just letting him improvise. It was that kind was, of like, I like that. Yeah, but at the same time, it makes it's also no sense. kind of yeah, it's also kind of terrible, right? Like from a script po- standpoint, I'm like that. The first, I don't know, ten minutes that we're with that group of characters, yeah, is just a slog of t- them talking about fucking nothing that never comes back around and makes no sense. And who gives a shit, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just like <laughs> it is just padding. This is so hard, Tim, because like, what is there to say when it's just all so stupid? Well, and then this... what is there to say when it's like, I love that it's also like any little things I have down or what I just said I liked about it. Like, well, that's the thing, though. There's a fine line. I think you if I think it's a point of if you know it's stupid and you can kind of play on that, you can make it fun. But it'd be and, different and I don't if feel they're like self-aware about it. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I don't think that this does a good job of finding the balance. No, no, of, but like, I'm saying if they were, the if they were self-aware it. that it was stupid, I wouldn't have enjoyed it the same way. Oh, really? Because See, I feel like... No, that's what I said. The fun of, of some of these horror movies is... I'm not saying that the characters are aware, but the filmmakers are aware. That's what I remember. And I feel like yeah. it was too, like... Because that was that... When I remember I said its own inner logic of, like... Yeah. A completely different wavelength. Well, just what yeah. the F-ness. Well, and at one point I had said, I was like, I want to make a movie where there's a group of people who are mostly fucking super stupid, but there's at least one or two people that are constantly pointing right. out how fucking stupid their decisions actually are. And then they can keep doing the dumb things. They could be like, shut the fuck up. You're the dumb one kind of whatever it right. is and keep doing it. I felt like I needed that character, the, the, the us character, which I... You would think Elijah Dushku would kind of be that, but that would but be she's not. then the filmmakers would have to be aware of its its overall stupid. Here's the difference. It's yeah. like to 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 make the point again. It's like the difference between the room Tommy Wiseau mm-hmm. and anything since then. Like he can't do stuff and be in on his own joke. You know, the room he made completely right. sincere, and that's why it's his hmm. love is put into it. But, but it's also the, like his hmm. weird vision yeah. version of the world and that's to me that's like the wrong turn yeah it's not the room but it's also it's, it's literally the wrong turn <laughs> uh, it's like these filmmakers i think it poses an interesting question though because can the filmmaker and the writer know and and be self-referential in how they approach it but the characters be in that sort of tommy wiseau 
lane. Is that possible? Maybe not. What do you mean? Like the character? The character. Oh, you mean man. the actors? No. No, the characters. I don't know how you would pull well, that off. Like but... reading the script and seeing what kind of movie it is, it seems to me, maybe this kind of gets into what you're asking. But like, and I've read scripts like this where it's horror movies like this, where it's, it's like there's, you get the sense that the screenwriter is like, okay, this is me. This is, I'm writing a, like a movie like this, like as if they're like, this is how movies are and function. And I am trying to replicate that Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. versus, you know, that distinction I'm, I'm trying to get I at. I think so. And when you approach a script like that with a kind of, you know, seriousness or self-seriousness, then that just sort of brings out the, you know, you know, coupled with that same ideology of like, this is how movies are. We're trying to make right. it like the music speaks to that and everything, what I'm trying to say, you know, and like, <laughs> and it's all trying to like replicate something. It becomes this like, I don't know, the, this snake eating its own tail of a, mm. of a hyper, hyper realized non-reality you know yes i do know (laughs) i think what i'm trying to get at is i think what you're saying Mm -hmm. is what happened yes in this right but i'm sort of i'm positing a little bit of like when you if you were going to write this movie but you are actually writing it as a parody of bad movies but you could just can you make this movie good? I think you could just make the same script, you know. <laughs> I know with that approach. Well, that's sort of what I'm saying. Like, can the director come in and be like, "It's comedy, but we're going to do the script." Does this movie benefit from that? And is it a better movie, or is it the way it is? Is it? Do we like what it is because it doesn't? No, like it because of what you're saying that it has this almost self-seriousness honestly like if i was given the script to make i wouldn't know how to do it (laughs) you know i can't i can't key into the wavelength it's written on because it's like i just see all these sort of you see these logic holes and stuff when it's just sort of from a oh i'd lose my mind right from it when it's such a baseline just nothing makes sense place yet you're you have to make sense of it like what do you focus on like what are you translating like i wouldn't know how to do it um yeah so that's what happens when it's just like though these people that's like well we're we're making it though and it's gonna become its own thing and props to them like get, they got up in that tree and chopped a person in the face <laughs> they made they made what made they made what didn't make any sense Accordingly, not make sense. <laughs> you know, it, 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 yeah, it makes me realize I think part of what's really not working is that this movie is a series of and thens mm-hmm. as opposed to like meanwhiles or but, you know what I mean? Like the, the sort of reversal structure that you want where that keeps you on your toes. Yeah. This doesn't really, I mean, there's kind of almost ones like the, the, 
But not really. I think that's it's what like, I was trying to get at yeah, when I was talking about the... and thens. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at when I was talking about the plotting. I'm like, not a lot right, happens. They right. just go here to there to there to there. Yeah, and that's a huge problem. I think just that's a failing of, of good screenwriting is, is that you, if you just, if you're just doing a, it's just a extended sequence. Then. Yeah. There's no actual story <laughs> right. and there's nothing to keep us really engaged other than the set pieces but the set, even the set pieces within themselves are just a series of and thens. It's like, <laughs> and then we got to the woods and then we found a tower and then we climbed up the tower and then the hillbillies found us and then they lit the tower on fire and then we jumped out of the tower and then okay. we're in the trees. So from this as a starting point and what, if the, you can lock into that specifically not working, mm-hmm. how would you, if you were given that and locked into that, how would you improve it from there? What do you add to I it? I mean, they almost do this where it's like, it's like, um, in the, in the tower sequence in particular, it's like, we get to the tower, we climb the tower. Don't just arbitrarily climb the tower, right? Like make it so you have to climb the tower. Right. Make, make their ur- get, get some urgency in there because that t- like I'm not sure I would go up into the tower or maybe I like even if you would, I'm not sure all of you go into the tower. Right. There's there's this lack of logic there. So so chase them up the tower or like make it so that there's nowhere else to go. Like it's a dead end and they know, fuck, we can't go Wait, back. But they wanted to tra- go call chased. for help. That's I understand. I understand. But I'm saying like, let's add some interesting sort of need in that moment it's not just oh maybe you there's mean, a radio yeah, as as if bef- yeah coming into that situation they're like maybe there's some way we can call for help or none of our phones are working so how do we call for help so that way when they see it they go oh we can call for help there maybe well and i i guess i'm i'm sort of saying just like push along the the emphasis uh on um desperate choice Right. Because from a logic standpoint, yeah, maybe there's a radio or something up there or maybe they can see. But like it's a bad decision to go up there, which the film nor the characters acknowledge. Right. So force them to go. This is our only option. Yeah. We got to get up there. So if they're you know, if there's a cliff right next to them and they're in sort of a, you know, like a. The, the quarry, so to right. speak. There, there's no trajectory over the worsening of a situation. Right. So they go up the, <laughs> they go up the tower, right? And it's like, you know, rickety, rickety ladder. Like, play with the rickety ladder. Like, do something that can, you know, push the story ahead. Like, maybe the ladder, like, a couple rungs break so that we know when the, when the hillbillies get up there, maybe they can use that to their advantage. Yeah. When they get into the thing, there's almost a reversal in that they find the radio right and they turn the radio on and they're and they get and they get somebody right, you that's should, great but then the the radio squawks too loud and it and it attracts give the us guys like what ifs to latch on to yeah so those things it's like they almost got a couple of them in there but they don't quite land so i just think Add, adding sort of logic would would force you to create reversal situations where you're like, oh, sweet, they're going to get out of this 
but this happened, so they have to change their tactic, and that causes a bigger problem for them. But there's a solution over there because the rungs of the ladder broke. But the, you know what I mean? Like if you keep going down that pathway, I think that it's more interesting as a sequence to watch, and you get behind the characters, and you get this push-pull. But without it, you just sit there going, okay, you're going to jump out the window? Yeah. Uh, okay. Like the, I guess, I guess that's an There's okay no, option. Like, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no boy, buddy going. We are, but that's <laughs> fucking stupid. In fact, <laughs> they go so far as when she smashes the window and she's like, I'd rather jump out of here and then burn alive. And fucking Mr. Sirius goes, yeah, she's got a point. <laughs> and it's like, well, that we don't even have a scene. <laughs> right. There's no fucking the conflict is just the circumstance. It's like, <gasps> no. The characters need to have conflict with each other and with the choices they make. Not yeah. just the fact that they're being chased. So to me, from a writing standpoint, honing in on those and actually getting into that is exciting. Like find some fucking <laughs> shit to get into. But they're like, nah, don't worry about it. It's just <gasps> let's just get to the next sequence. Right. <laughs> but at least you had Doobie fucking howling. Yeah. So I know that made up for everything. But again, it's like <laughs> you say all that, but then like the, if I want to make a better movie. Right. But then, but no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. You say all that, but I would not take back the experience of how much fun it was watching that with you and yelling at them for nothing of this makes sense. Now that's true. And I, I think that's, a little bit kind of what I was sort of getting at, I guess, where it's like, if you know that this is the, if you're making a movie where the characters are fucking so dumb, can you make that movie knowing that you know? No, because then it wouldn't be, I mean, yes, but as far as then our experience watching it, it wouldn't be fun because we aren't right. yelling at this a logic. We're just sort of, <laughs> right. <laughs> we're just sort of laughing at us. Being, I don't know, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting. Well, it sort paradox. of gets me thinking, like, a do yeah for, it's the for value in the shittiness, right? Like, like things I have down, like um, <laughs> when I say like I had this and what did not work, how the fact that it like it plays it as when they fall asleep in the cave together, um, that like there's there's like a, a hillbilly all of a sudden just like slashing out of nowhere, yeah. and they both wake up as yeah. if they had the same dream, right. like we're woken from the same nightmare. I'm like what? But then, so I had that, and what didn't work? But now it's like then and now I'm like yeah, but I love that, right? Like right. that a logic and what everything I said before, and it made me sort of think maybe this is kind of in summation that for a slasher film, I don't. I kind of want it to be at this like thrown together yes, like logic there, level. There's always the the excitement of the like, what are you doing? Don't go down there. I, yeah, well, I Scream Art is the smart slasher. There's an example right. that maybe helps in the sort of what if distinction. Mm -hmm. It knows of actually being with the characters. You're with the film. You're with the filmmakers. Everything's smart about it, but it's. It's different watching, like, I loved Scream 4 and rewatched the original Scream and thought it held up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like, it's a different appeal watching yeah. that and the Friday the 13th and Wrong Turn in this case, you know? Yeah, but when, where does this movie live in your life? <laughs> what does that mean? What I mean is... It's as a very special place. I have my movie stub saved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. What I mean is, 
when, where in your life do you put this movie back on and like revel in it? Um, do you? <laughs> yeah, you know when I, mean? I have a, a horror movie podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't use that. That doesn't count. <laughs> um, I mean, probably I, I could see putting it on like with my friends I discovered it with when we're like in our 50s, okay. you okay. know, just because. No, I think that's valid. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the nostalgia aspect. Though. Right. Um, uh, do you have more stuff? No, I, I, I do. And what did not work? I mean, I, I it's 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 stupid. What? I wouldn't even get into fucking continuity on this movie. It's not worth it. But I love <laughs> it is so of this time period. And it's something that always has bothered me, even when I was in the acting world and I would go to a set in particular commercials do this the the wardrobe on certain films is it's all brand new shit right it's like the wardrobe department went out and bought you know brand new packaged hanes Mm t-shirts and they pull them out and they say here's your costume (laughs) and i kind of am like well, this ain't a costume. This is this is like this is I. It's like my character didn't just pull this off the fucking rack at Target. You know what I mean? So, and it shows. It's so obvious. Yeah. Like when you see that, and I, I, it sucks. I just think it's a it's a lazy fucking thing. Like have people have wardrobe that is lived in that real people would wear, not this fucking. <laughs> Just like one that, more person out that in the woods. Blue, that blue um, halter top thing or whatever that the Jeremy Sisto's fiance is wearing yeah. stays pristinely clean throughout. You know, even though they're rolling around and, you know, running through the woods and shit. Right. It's funny. No, I did just say sarcastically, sarcastically, kind of like, oh, yeah, have one more person out in the woods. Like, yeah, but it's a small budget thing. No, actually, no, this was like a big budget. They have, I'm sure, a costumer and costume assistant, 100%. all that stuff. 100%. That's my problem. It's like the whoever was making those decisions was keeping their shit clean. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 fucking no way. And even like Elijah Dushku, I, she gets a little bit like dirty, but she's wearing a fucking white tank top. <laughs> and by the end of it, it's got like one smudge and one blood mark on yeah. it. Like that's it. It's like, no, no, like you got but put no make that's an important part of us buying in and when you don't do it and i just feel like the late 90s and early 2000s were notorious for that shit well it was like they're having it's sort of indicative of their whole uh uh not mid late life crisis of like how do we keep uh I'm trying to tie it to what I was saying earlier, but as how I said, it was a certain end of a certain mode of filmmaking and filmmaking era. We're now to sort of like do this again. We had to sort of bring back a sort of grit and realism to Mm -hmm. it where you would have to have the clothes be more lived in. But this comes from a time where it's like, oh, all these people, the pretty people we're putting in our horror movies got to have the makeup and look good and the the clothes. Like their skin is fucking perfect. So you could see them having this kind of crisis of something when it's like, so how clean should the, uh, how clean should the shirt be here? Uh, uh, I don't know. I just took it out of the laundry. So I guess it's really clean. Yeah. Well, I want you need her to look good and um, it shouldn't be that dirty because because it's a it's this kind of horror movie. Um, yeah. I, well, what is this kind of horror movie? And their brain explodes. <laughs> and that's what this movie is. It's yeah. just these people's brains exploding. Well, all and over film. And I think actually kind of back to the the long lens gritty 
shots. There's so few of them, but they they exist. They didn't the, do that out of stylistic n- choice, though. They, well, I think necessity. the director. I think the director probably was like, "God, I just want to get something that's homagey in there." No, I think no? they were like, "Okay, we just need them climbing down these rocks over here. We don't need to hear what they're saying." Mm-hmm. Got it. We don't want to fucking bring this camera rig over there. Okay, just oh. put a long lens on it. <laughs> sure. That's all it is. I'm yeah. telling you. Well, I think what it does is it points out when you cut back to the rest of the filming how way over clean even the filming like the the film there's no film grit like it's not a gritty movie at all which kind of belies the movie well also like right the end of a certain era can be you know represented in um it's the pre-digital when film sort of because film was always working to get less and less grainy and better in that sense so this reached the cleanest looking film can get yeah for a movie that's set out in the middle of the fucking woods and should be (laughs) dirty and the hillbillies are disgusting and dirty it's like that to me is just like why why make it clean why <laughs> because that is again that's that that's that wrestling act that i think they yeah, were yeah they were caught up in definitely we got so, put in these blue lights everywhere <laughs> kind of bummed me out all right things of note yeah things of note <laughs> this should be interesting Well, the opening montage, do you think that if the people in the photos were still alive, how do you think they would feel, feel the like the real life? Oh, uh, my God. The actual deformed sort of. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because we have yet to there's mention, a little there is a little exploitation. In I this, wanted to say, honest. yeah, I wanted to say for the things of note, yeah. save it for this, like how entirely like there was no. Oh, God, you, that just cracked my brain open. Right? It, what we just said about things being clean and everybody needing to look perfect in the face of, quote unquote, ugly, deformed, you know, inbred people is such a commentary on like how society fucking was at that time. There you go, Tim. You did it. I did it. We did it. We pulled it all back around. This movie has meaning. <laughs> no, yeah, because it was the end of an era of like the late nineties, early two thousands. But we also have to acknowledge that there's physically, you know, what would you call them? Yeah, yeah, deformed. Yeah, or, physical deformities. Know, just people who are other or different. Mm-hmm. I know we try then, to keep them this, under wraps for so long. Yeah, <laughs> and they're fighting back, and they kind of win. Yeah. Kind of. That's And maybe that's the sort of catharsis behind yeah. these films, why it is great and why there's eight of them, is like getting to see the hillbillies fight back against these. Well, that's what I wonder about how this is going to go, because I think that's part of why Friday the 13th is so pleasurable. Like, not the first one or even the second one in, in too much. but Once the, it gets to actual the, Jason. The, yeah, the rest of the Jason ones, it's really just an exercise in us taking pleasure in watching Jason kill these these um, stereotypes, well, it's, right? Well, it's stereotypes who emblemize sort of like the uh, perfection and, um, and carefreeness of youth. Right, you right, know? exactly. And so like the first two kills of, of Wrong Turn, uh, the, the couple, the redhead and the, and the glasses dude, I, I'm... I was cool with in a way because I was like, God, they're they're intolerable. These yeah. two fucks, <laughs> and so in that sense, it's it is working for that. Uh-huh. But the rest of the movie doesn't quite go there, so maybe the sequels do. 
<laughs> Fuck. I can't believe we're going to watch the sequels ever. <laughs> oh, man. But it is. I mean, this is post 9-11, right? Like the, yeah. the script maybe wasn't written. I mean, this I, I actually bet the script was written pre 9-11. Let's see. I have the script right here. It was written. Uh, no, no. Uh, May of 2002 was this draft. Interesting. So they were, yeah, they're probably working on it right around there. So, yeah, just kind of thinking about what was happening in the world and the zeitgeist of things. And at that time, I don't know. I think it'd be a reach to, to dig too deep into. But, you know, it's saying something about the, what is what are we, af- what is scary to us? Mm-hmm. And at, at the minimum, like most horror it's the other it's the thing that's different than us the right. thing that we don't understand or that we demonize physical deformities right and in this yeah in this case but like you know i think us is sort of the the highest end other end of of commentary on that in a good it, like it's pointing at all of that it's pointing at history right. of doing that, right? And well, kind of turning it, it around on inequality. That one, right? But it's yeah, in a weird way, it's sort of saying the other is there is no other. Mm-hmm. It's us. That's which is like, which is why this is always scary. It's right. like we could be those physically deformed people. Like, That's right. It's like that Twilight Zone episode, <laughs> you know, the one with the doctors and they did their. Oh, yeah. I forget what it's called, but I've watched it a bunch of times. It's awesome. <laughs> and they take off their masks and they're all fucking pig faced. Yeah. But it's just like. Yeah. It's just so funny imagining these filmmakers where it's like any sort of concern about whether this could or would be offensive, I think wasn't even it did thought not, of or no, brought. Yeah, exactly. No way did that exist. <laughs> in 2002 when they were making this movie that did not even occur to anybody these people yeah especially too like that's what's i think that's what's you know maybe that's part of the i i enjoy it it's horrible but i mean maybe it's not i'm a horrible person but like i enjoy that kind of naivety like it's it's yeah, it's it feels so condescending to say, but it's like, <laughs> like this this childlike um, view of the world that like yeah. these filmmakers put out that I can kind of like be fascinated by and go into and have it just like, I don't know, <laughs> oh man. man, yeah, I I wish I could sort of off the top of my head come up with another example that did that that we now go that wasn't okay. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Well, we're starting to maybe put forward in horror the idea more we are anyone can be the other Mm -hmm. like i mean calvair yeah yeah Yeah, for sure yeah they weren't they weren't um physical monsters by the way they were nice at first they kind of i mean there's there's that whole thing you know the kind of the horror film that were the the it's I don't know what I'm saying. Where where it's like uh, the people who turn out to be crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, Norman Bates did it first, yeah. you know? Yeah, and the perspective of like what does being crazy even mean? Mm-hmm. And crazy people don't know they're crazy, so it's all fucking relative anyway. Yes, and that's what's scary. I um, just had a weird thought. Yeah. Um, do you think that the capturing of Elijah Dushku, like you had said, there's no female hillbilly. 
So you think they're the the plan was just like why they didn't kill her right away was just because they need more. They need, I think that yeah. But then they'd break the chain of inbreeding, dude. I think, uh... and then you'd have a smart hillbilly, <laughs> and the smart hillbilly would like see the error of their parents' but you see, ways. As, and... as soon as they get one half hillbilly daughter, then they can just start it over again. Oh and shit! Because right. what do they do yeah. with no female hillbillies? They can't just yeah. to continue at all. Yeah, good point. All right. Horrifying, right? You solved it for me. Thanks. <laughs> God, <laughs> so horrifying. Um, All right, cool. Well, good good job. I have the screenplay handy if you did want to hear anything about it or yeah. any, any particular segment you want me to bring up or... Um. Oh, shit. Page 17. Just, just I'm just taking a random, <laughs> random here. Exterior road day. Evan sits on the Xterra's front hood, finishing the last of his joint before pitching the roach to the ground. Francine sits on the warped running board. They're a little high, a little bored. We should have taken her to New York. You know how she loves this outdoor stuff. So far, nature sucks. Well, next time she gets dumped, we'll take her to New York. So... Already then, they set up some story that we actually didn't get. Those lines weren't in the final yeah. version. Yeah. That's actually... So maybe to get... Yeah, thing of note to pull from, like, when I was... I, I briefly kind of glazed over the script um, in preparing for this. The sort of a big difference that I thought was interesting was the whole... Uh, them hiding out in the waterfall was supposed to be a mine shaft that they hide out on it, that they hide out in. Huh. And if there was going to be a sex scene, they did the exact thing that we yeah. were saying where it was like, this could be your last day alive, you know, kind of, kind <laughs> right, of sex right. scene. Um, oh my God. But you wonder if basically, I wonder if this was a, maybe they were just like, okay, don't have time for that because we're all in this cave, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe they actually, you know, prop, I, I will tip my hat to them if they were conscious and cutting it out for the reasons of it would have felt totally out of place for these characters who kind of had like not just no chemistry with each other, but no chemistry with <laughs> you themselves. Mean, you mean the charisma vacuum that is <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Serious? Right. Um, yeah. What was oh, this rated? Oh, but it was funny because uh, probably R. I can't find it. What the hell? I don't know. Um, so mineshaft. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, so yeah, but there's some different things about the mineshaft sequence. Um, so no sex scene. Or originally was a sex scene. There was a snake encounter when they Ooh. first get into it. Um, and so you'd like this, Tim. After Jesse's whole breakup monologue, or, you know, about her breaking up, there's the action line in the script. Adam smiles at her sympathetically. <laughs> well, he... He's incapable of that. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> so I think it, and that's what was supposed to lead into the sex scene, I think. You know, from that smile. But Wait, Chris Flynn's name is Adam in the script? Mm-hmm. Wow. Why'd they change that? Chris Flynn is so much more exciting and cool and serious. Chris Flynn. Um, <laughs> but that was pretty funny. You know, once they saw maybe that his character went smile at this point in the movie after shooting this much, they <laughs> were just like, like... cut it out. It would just feel a little too... Yeah, a sex scene. It would feel kind of devoid of like, I don't know, any kind of... You know, you, it, he would he would he feel like how he does in Ghost Ship, where he's a murderer. Like, yeah, 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 you know? for sure. It is rated R. You're right. Um, yeah. Well, also, yeah, it and, would feel weird to have him be like. <laughs> even their flirting felt fucking weird. Yeah, it was the non-flirting. Um, 
favorite thought is based on oh yeah so if um oh yeah and then you know how it the how i was ragging on them waking up to the hillbilly in the waterfall that must have been improvised because originally it was that at the end they wake up from like the they hear at the entrance of a mine shaft the sound of a hillbilly stepping on a mouse and like the hillbilly making a noise <laughs> okay and so that's what just sort of picks up the whole chase again because uh, right now in the film it's like they're just like they just want we better off. get going yeah <laughs> they'll find a road yeah interesting well yeah like i think i said to you at one point and, I was, and and of course yeah it's almost like you you had said I, I i like suggest i was like if this were me i would do x y and z and that would be it and you were like yeah then we'd have no money and it, or movie and it'd be like yeah, this whole movie is predicated on you can't do anything logical or else we do not have a movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Or no, but I mean, what have we seen in kind of good, you know, better slasher films or better horror films is they they think of just sort of but that, reasons to get them stuck or whatever. That's right. This doesn't even do that. Yeah. So that you don't have this movie. Okay, Tim, anyway. I got a big thing of note here because oh, okay. I would be remiss not to mention this at all. So humor me, listeners, and Tim Aslan, thank you. But um, this film inspired what was amongst me and my same friends that we saw this film with. Um, we came up with our own af after sort of, you know, in high school, you're always driving each other around and stuff in people's cars. Shotgun, you know, to, to, to get the front seat. To yeah. shock on the front seat. Yeah. We kept finding that a lot of inconsistencies with that system. People had different sort of their their different sort of take on it. The like rules. people Yeah, exactly. So we came up with and I think I tip my hat to I think Ramsey who just kind of started saying oh, you had a friend named Ramsey? Yeah, I do. I had a friend named Ramsey, but you pronounce it Rumsey. <laughs> well, Rumsey. <laughs> um well Ramsey. Um I think he just started like after we saw the movie, just kind of came like liked saying just got a kick out of eliza dushku in that movie you know making the same face and would just start saying like dushku like like her name dushku and it just sort of caught in our heads so we came up with our own system of shotgun called that we still use to this day called dushku and it extended to like when we're all staying at like one of their cabins and like we're getting dibs on the bed we'll say oh i dushku that bed oh my god and like for this large now group of friends when we all go up to the cabin we gotta follow the douche rules whenever we're driving to town, <laughs> and it's like you. <laughs> this is this is literally the broiest thing I've ever heard you t like talk about. Oh, I thought you were gonna you say are the it was opposite the opposite of the nerdiest a bro. thing. <laughs> you, but the, call it a douche is like seems like a thing a frat guy would come up with, and you are not Why? a frat guy. I don't know. It's weird. That's what I think we <laughs> are and were. It's Go idiosyncratic on. and yeah. odd, well, which is more, sure. I think. <laughs> but it just, you know, took on its own life that that's we amazing. continued. So, like, for example, some of the rules. So, it's like, what happens, Tim, if you and someone else say shotgun at the exact same time? It's a shotgun jinx. Uh, I think we would ham and eggs, which was our, like, we had a whole thing of, like, you nose goes. I think some people call it nose goes. goes. So, it's the first person to touch their nose. But if that was a tie, you had to take a knee. So you're uh, saying you did if, have your own system for it? Oh, we had a whole thing of, we called it ham and eggs. So like somebody would be like ham and eggs and it would go nose first. Uh -huh. And if there was any sort of tie or, or just question of who got it, it was knee next. Uh -huh. You had to take a knee. And if you were as a tie on that, you'd have to put your thumb on a table. 
okay. or something. I forget. I think that's what we did. So we had this whole fucking series of things and you would see, you would see it happen too, where <gasps> it's like somebody would, would preempt just, they just put their finger to their nose and you wouldn't even know what you were no, like uh-huh. ham and eggsing, but they would put but their. Specifically, do you think, okay, that this is, did that ever happen in a shotgun, uh, a shotgun jinx situation? Uh, oh yeah, I'm okay, sure it cool. did. Cool. Yeah. So you you and your friends did have we, a similar yeah, we had our own thing. something in place. So how about <laughs> let's say this was with Rumsey. Let's say someone says shotgun, but forgets something inside and has to go get it. Right. Is there a previous shotgun um, negated? Oh God, I don't know. So this Wait. happened. So no, for our our rules of douche coup, it's as soon as you're outside is when you can say it. Also, the oh. driver has to have heard it. I believe with our shotgun, or it has not does not thing, have to hear it. You had to, the the car had to be in sight. Right, I believe that's ours too. Um, no, no, no. The car it can just be outside is the douche coup rule. Like just as long as you get outside. Yeah, I think we had to see the car and then. Fuck, there was something about like touching the door handle. Mm-hmm. Like some like you could if you touch the door handle first. So I think it was that if somebody called shotgun and you took off and you got to the car first and touched the door handle, it negated their shotgun call <laughs> or something like that. I don't fucking remember. So our system for when I <laughs> asked you about the shotgun jinx earlier, what we came up with, if you said douche at the same time, which would happen, you know, because it became kind of like a system people knew is you would then have to say double douche <laughs> But then if you double douche at the same time, God, I may be wrong. It's been weird. Drive around forever anymore. Forgive me guys. If I'm, forgetting this but double douche coup jinx means i'm pretty sure it's it gets negated to a third member if they're there who wasn't trying to get the douche coup or it's driver's choice <laughs> oh me maybe ours was a jinx if you shotgun jinxed you had to run and, and touch the door handle first maybe that's what ours was. okay i don't remember so, That's hilarious. So I've forgotten this, about all this. This kind among of shit. my friends, you know, we became <laughs> we became the lawmakers of this. Called it the High Dushku Council members. Wow, the ones. All right, now now decided. we've tipped into nerd. No, we have <laughs> scratched, scratched the surface. <laughs> so continue to humor, humor me, Tim, <laughs> okay. and audience. So. So every you know now let's say every uh, eight years something will come up or so where it's like well what. Uh, you know, a, a new thing we hadn't thought of before or, you know, a right. new sort of instance that had to be worked out. So may I read an email Please. exchange until you tell me to stop? Please read it. Start with this first one from, uh, I'm reading this without permission from my friend Ramsey to myself I think you and Jesse. I think you should post this unredacted. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jesse. Ryan and I hung out on his birthday and ended up in disagreement over interpretation of Dushku law. We were quite... <laughs> <laughs> we require you to weigh in on the matter. The disagreement stems from the use of double douche It comes from an interaction I had with Brendan Lucas. After successfully calling douche on Ryan's car, Brendan managed to get me to utter double douche at the same time as he did. Common interpretation of douche holds that two individuals saying it at the same time results in both being relegated to the back. There you go. Ah. That's what happens. So does double douche only come into play when two people call douche at the same time, i.e. is it a step in the process, 
Or is double dushku its own rule that can come into play at any time despite being most commonly used to create a resolution after two people dushku at the same time? <laughs> One side contends that double dushku can only be invoked after two participants call dushku at the same time. It's a step, not a rule. Thus, there is no legal basis for even considering a wider inter interpretation of the law. This point of view also lends a moralistic argument in favor of its narrow interpretation, contending that the very nature of getting an individual to utter double dushku in that manner lends itself to the use of dishonesty to obtain dushku, which the council member finds to be at odds with the very core of the dushku system. The main argument for interpretation of the law allowing for invocation of double dushku contends that the law was never clearly defined in the first place. This is a wider reading of the law compared to the strict constructionism of the first interpretation. The thrust of the argument in favor of the new reading of the law maintains that the system should be built to accommodate loopholes and new interpretations. We bind dushku law precisely because it is a living and breathing system and not something static. This new reading of double dushku would ultimately be a little used variant on the the system. There's really no reason to use it other than spite as it sends both participants to the back. Please advise. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this is literally why I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> that was just almost entirely gibberish to me. <laughs> so there's there's uh, three more emails kind of written oh my in this god. fashion. But I mean... Should I stop, folks, or should I just at least get the response? What do you Holy want? Holy shit. What's the response? Okay. I feel like, yeah, at least, you know, if we have that set up. So this is now, again, without permission from uh, read from Jesse Brownstein. Honored High Dushku Council members McNear, McDuffie, and Brownstein. Thank you for bringing this grave matter concerning Dushku law to my attention. <laughs> and although I wish I could advise on this issue in person, I hope this virtual abrogation suffices. To this council member, the Double Dushku Act has historically been interpreted as a step, viz. an invocation subsequent to what shall heretofore be referred to as an occasion of Dushku jinx. <laughs> common <laughs> practice, if not common law, suggests that the invocation of Double Dushku is only applicable upon such occasions of Dushku jinx. However, the case of McNear versus Lucas opens up the possibility for reinterpretation and codification of this once arcane dictum. Though Council Member McNear finds a broader interpretation vis-a-vis -vis double Dushku to be in opposition to the spirit of Dushku law, this Council Member must remind him that deception and dishonesty have always played a necessary, if not encouraged, role in the claiming of allocation <laughs> of Dushku, which is true. Evidenced in the case of the children versus Abraham, his two other friends, 2008, a cabin incident that happened over Dushku once, many underhanded and questionable tactics can be used to acquire Dushku. The overriding question here is whether only a Dushku jinx necessitates the invocation of double Dushku. Our focus, therefore, must be on the word double. Specifically, exactly which Dushku is double. The examination assumption, the examined assumption has always maintained that the initial simultaneous recitation of Dushku by two separate individuals is indeed the declarative act of reduplication implied by the double. However, it is possible that this double could refer to a single individual stating Dushku twice in succession, i.e. Dushku, Dushku. <laughs> or more pertinent to the case in question, Dushku, double Dushku. Here, the oh double anticipates the second resuscitation of Dushku, thereby allowing for the invocation of double Dushku sans a Dushku jinx. 
Sands. Uh, Thus, the ruling of McNear versus Lucas should hold. It is the opinion of this council member, however, that should we choose choose to reinterpret the Double Deuce Act in this manner, the following stipulation must be made. The individual attempting to inveigle Deuce from its rightful claimant can only say Deuce Double Deuce and no other variant thereupon. Effectively, no other word but double must separate the two spoken douche-coups. Otherwise, the double douche punishment is invalidated. I encourage any further <laughs> questions or clarifications on this matter. Yours in douche Jesse Brownstein, HDC. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. But, you know, yeah. I just needed to say douche Did you count how many times I said douche No. <laughs> Fucking 40. <laughs> This is Tim. That's what just continually will forever tickle me. As little does Eliza Dushku know. Just <laughs> Ryan, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Uh huh. She knows. <laughs> Do, the Dushku so knows. Her name is Dushku. That's. I just. I'm amazed that she didn't do something else. But good for her. Her middle name's Patricia. I'm just trying to see. This is she this email said, chain goes on. I'm a I, was just, I was just trying to sit like if you guys want to know where it, uh, what actually ended up coming of it. You know, I don't know. There's a lot more here. This is a new segment. Yeah. Douche, douche, douche law. <laughs> Keep you updated if anything changes. The over court the of douche Yeah. Maybe once we get on, like, that sucks because douche doesn't come back in any of the other wrong turns. <laughs> Anyway, that was my main thing of note. I had the Rob, the director, is a currently a film professor at Emory University in oh. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, that's cool. I've heard of that place. Um, anything else before we put our bow on wrong turn, Tim? He directed a movie called The Alphabet Killer, which is uh, took place in my hometown, Rochester. There you go. That's it. Well, until <laughs> wrong turn two, which <sighs> for who knows, maybe we're going to pull it from the hat today. But before oh. we do that, we do recommendations. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You go ahead. I've okay. been speaking enough. So mine is a movie. It's, it, I don't, we didn't put it in the hat. I'm almost certain we did not put it in the hat. Um, but it's one of my kind of more enjoyed, favorite-ish uh, horror films of the last, I think it was 2015 or something like that. What is it? Um, it's called We Are What We Are. Oh, yeah. I've heard. I've uh, been 2013. Rec- I've been recommended that because it's a Campbell movie, right? Yeah. Um, it is a very slow burn. It's beautiful to look at. Um, it's really dark, like high contrast. It's just got this fucking mood. And it it is a super slow burn. I mean, there's a good like hour of it and it's you know, it's an hour, 45 minutes that is just sort of this slow crawl, but it's so fucking effective. And when things start to really go, it's very satisfying (laughs) and fucking gnarly. I've been wanting to see it. I really liked it. I've watched it twice and I, and it's not that often that I'll watch, you know, a horror movie more than once in like a short period of time, but I watched it twice in like a couple months. (laughs) And now, like, even just thinking about it, I kind of want to watch it again. I haven't seen it. So uh, that's definitely mine. It's got really good performances. The one of the girls who's in it, the two daughters, um, was on um, 
um shit what's that called the, uh ozark the show ozark she plays um she's her character is amazing on that show so um she's great i don't remember her name but um yeah that's mine i had a different one but i gotta i'll save that one for next week i just because i'm like oh I, I swear i had recommended this before but it looks like i actually have not which is i saw the devil oh which if you're listening, you're like, oh, because it is a great movie. And Tim, I especially... I thought we, you and I maybe talked about this off... Right. I had uh, recommended it to you off air, but now I'm recommending it to you so hard, Tim. <laughs> after watching... After watching... Um, so hard. The, what was the revenge movie we watched? Uh, Last, Last House, House on, on the, the left. left. Yeah. You gotta see this movie, Tim. I feel like I have. No. Haven't you would I? know. I it's Korean. It's a revenge movie. Oh, oh, it's, oh! I've I've seen the poster on like it was on Netflix or Hulu or one it's of on those. Shutter. I think you can watch it there. Yeah, I've seen the poster a million Tim, times. I saw the devil. You have to like okay. watch it. Okay, you right. Got Stop. To. D- t- you got pull, to take the knife away from my neck. I'll watch it. Fine, I'll put the knife away and take out this gun, Tim. You gotta watch. <laughs> okay, out. Jesus Christ! I'll do it. All right, all right. I saw the devil. Good. Cool. So that's my recommendation. I get to pull. Oh, and yeah, no, that was also what reminded me of that was, yeah, here's the hat. My friend, uh, Jesse, who uh, was one of the emails I read, like him and my two friends who those emails were, they they recommended uh, House of the Devil to me originally. No, I just said House of the Devil. No, I saw the devil. I saw the devil. I like House of the Devil, yeah. too. It's cool. It's homage What's it going to be next week? <sighs> Long turn two. No. Oh, I'm so excited for this type of thing it's called satan's slaves and it's on shutter great mm. Mm. i love satanic shit i wonder if it actually is about satanic stuff i don't know if i've uh, know of it oh it's an indonesian horror film cool Ooh, i bet it's gnarly <laughs> i hope so well we'll find out next week cool. folks where you can find us in the meantime is dismemberinghorror.com. Yeah, and Dismembering Horror on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And DisHorrorPod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And DismemberingHorror at gmail.com. If you want to, you know, just send us some emails. Just tell us your life story. I don't know. Yeah, tell us what you're tell us what you think of this Dushku loss. That's right. Which one it should Somebody it be? start a Reddit thread yeah. about Dushku Law. <laughs> and out of the, the invocation of double Dushku in that in that way, you know, as I read earlier. Tell us uh, uh, what yeah. side you think uh, you land on. Or recommend a film to us that you want yes, to hear us talk about. Please, please do that. Um, well, folks, until next time, thank you for... No, no. Well, folks... <laughs> In closing, (laughs) thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.